Hello and welcome to Becoming Educated. I'm Darren Leslie, and this week I am joined by Dr. Joe Castellino, who is a secondary science teacher based in Yorkshire. Joe has a TLR for leading homework in her school and has recently shared her knowledge of how homework can become a successful part of schooling at a recent research ed event. But before we dive into today's episode, here's a message about our sponsor. This episode of Becoming Educated has been supported by Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that helps schools improve student grades and helps reduce teacher workloads. Teachers at over 150 schools, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and Art Schools, use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning, consolidation of classroom material and as a flip learning tool. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote Becoming Educated for 10% off. That's uplearn.co.uk U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot uk Dr. Castellino writes about her work on her blog, which I have linked to you in the show notes. And I would also recommend an article she wrote for Impact, where she discusses how homework, when done well, can become a significant motivator for learning. I've also made a link to this available in the show notes. In this episode, we discuss the following and so much more. How we get it right so that homework becomes a significant motivator for learning. How we get students to do their homework. What makes for effective homework. How important it is that homework becomes a habit and embedded within the routine of schooling. And how we ensure homework doesn't further disadvantage disadvantaged students. I learned so much from Jo in this conversation. She highlights some key things we should all consider and demonstrates the importance of thinking deeply about what we do with regards to homework. So without further ado, let's dive right into this week's episode of Becoming Educated. Joe, thank you so much for coming on to Becoming Educated. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Darren. How are you? Um, thank you so much for inviting me on here. I'm very honoured to be here. No worries. Thank you so much. Um, after I've I, I seen you talk about homework on Research Ed and then I, I ploughed through your blogs on them and I found it so fascinating because it's a topic that kind of every teacher considers, but you've thought about it so deeply and um, I've got quite a few questions to ask around that and pick your brain and, and, and steal, steal some of your ideas, hopefully. But before we do that, um, I, I'd re- be really grateful if you could introduce yourself and share a little bit about your career to date for the listeners, please. Yeah, sure. Um, so I am obviously an Indian. I grew up in the Middle East, um, really enjoyed science, but the Middle East isn't very good with science. They don't like scientists that much. So I had to leave and I moved to Leeds about 15 years ago. I can't believe it's been 15 years. Um, and then when I got here, I decided to do my master's. I worked as a research technician. Um, so I did a bit of time in the lab, did a PhD. And then after that, I finally got into something that I actually wanted to do for myself, and that was teaching. So I trained to teach, 
And I love every single minute of it. Since I've got out of research, really, I'm so happy. Um, so I've taught in two schools, um, one in uh, in Winchester down south. And then I moved back to Leeds again. And I'm teaching in a school here now for um, some years now. Um, in terms of my career, I've always been in, involved in teaching and learning, always like pretty much from the start. It's something that I think I'm very, I find it fascinating and very important as well to think about teaching and learning and trying to improve my own practice and just discussing it with everybody. Um, so I was quite involved in that right from the start. And um, during lockdown one, I finally started a blog <laughs> because I got, I, I joined Twitter a while ago before that. and But I was one of those quiet people who just kind of stalk everybody, read things quietly, not say a word, be too scared to say anything. Um, but then during lockdown one, I think I might have been bored. I'm not sure. But finally, I felt like I just need to get these thoughts out. I don't have anyone else to talk to about teaching right now. So I'm just going to get these thoughts out. And I started to write um, more for myself than for anybody else um, to try and keep myself more um, to be accountable to, you know, what, what I'm planning to do in my classroom. And uh, then I think being on Twitter reading all the blogs and reading articles and discussions and writing for myself, those are things that have helped me improve massive, massively. Um, and I think those are the things that have helped me eventually progress in my own career as well. So I've got a very slow start in terms of career progression. I've just become second in science. I'm a full-time teacher um, and I've been leading on homework recently as well. So I started last year and I'm still doing it this year throughout the school that is uh yeah so I'm really enjoying every bit of teaching and I'm learning so much I'm not, not perfect at all but uh, yeah it's a uh, it's been great well, thank you so much for, for sharing that I love that you're, you're sharing your your enthusiasm and passion for for uh, teaching and learning because um it's such a it's, it's what we do every day and to have people that that love it so much it must that must really transfer to the students and excuse me, in your care about that, and it must be so fascinating going from a, a research scientist to into a classroom with with students that don't that maybe come into your classroom knowing very little, and you sharing all that wisdom with them. That must be fascinating. Well, um, so it, you mentioned. Sorry, sorry. Um, it was it was quite different for me as well because the schooling that I've been in is very different to the schooling that is going on here. Um, so it was quite different and difficult for me at the start. But yeah, it, it's it's been eye-opening and fascinating. And talking about teaching and learning has helped me massively. No, definitely. I, can, I, 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 I don't know anything about how teaching works in the Middle East. And you mentioned a little anecdote there about the science is, is, is quite different. Could you maybe explain what you mean by that a little bit? It's just that I think they put more of an emphasis on uh, business and commerce and those types of degrees. Um, so I'm not talking about the school level, really. I'm talking about university level there. So I knew that I couldn't really um, stay on and progress in the things that I was interested in unless I changed tack and went into business, for example. So I had to leave because of that. I think it's much better now. This was, remember, this was 15 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, times have changed a bit, hopefully. Um, so I'm not saying that it is like that there now, but coming here was different for me. It was, um, 
a very different place, completely very cold, really cold, uh, especially coming from the Middle East. But I, you know, it's it's been really good because I got to interact with so many different people from different cultures as well. And doing the science in the lab was great. But I think I always knew that I liked explaining things and I liked just talking about the theory and the science more than doing. And uh, that was why I did the PhD because I needed, I felt like I needed to for myself, you know, just, just to prove to myself that I could do that. But I always wanted to teach. Yeah, brilliant. I, lo- I love that kind of career progression and journey into into teaching. So you mentioned as well that you've yeah, got a, a whole school lead for homework and I'd really like to pick your brains on homework this evening. So I'd like to dive right into that. And I'd like to start by asking about uh, what you wrote in, in Impact Magazine from Charter College, because you wrote that when homework is seamlessly and routinely integrated into classroom learning and when relevant support is provided, it can substantially impact student academic success and become a significant motivator for learning. Can I ask you, Joe, how do we get it right so that homework can become a significant motivator for learning? Yeah, sure. First of all, I have to say I'm quite proud of that paragraph. It's very long, but I like that paragraph still. Um, but to, I think for homework to help students feel motivated to carry on learning, there are so many different factors we need to consider first. But how many times have we found students doing something well? So they get something right in a lesson, for example, and then they feel motivated by that success. And then they want to push themselves a little bit further. And that's that's that feeling that I want to bottle. That is the feeling that I want for all of my students all of the time or as much as possible. Maybe not all of the time. So that's what I mean when I say that homework could be a motivator for learning, that they feel motivated because they know they can succeed. That is attainable for them. It's not something they can't do. But how do you get that right? That's not something that's, there's no easy answer. There's no fix that I can give you. It's it's a whole school culture that needs to change. So the reason that I even went into trying to lead on homework throughout the school, and I, um, I took this to SLT as well, because during lockdown one and lockdown two and all the lockdowns, we had remote learning. And I realized that my students were not very good independent learners. Of course, I had a few who were good at that and they, they knew what to do and that's great. But I had quite a few, including those students who were really good in lessons. They were struggling a lot. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to be resilient. They didn't know how to just um, just use different strategies to try and answer things or feel motivated as well. Obviously, the atmosphere wasn't great at the time and that would have contributed to it too. But that just got me thinking, if I had been training my students with their homework right from the start, then I could have solved some of those problems. Maybe not all, but some of those problems at least. So that's when I started to really think deeply about homework and how I can use it to help students feel that success is attainable when they work independently. Now, in lessons, I think I work quite hard and lots of teachers work really hard on getting students to work independently and to feel that success in the lesson. But we need to train students to do that on their own as well, where they are not surrounded by us or they don't use us as a comfort blanket, really. We're not there all the time and we can't be there all the time for them. So they do need that practice. So it needs to be a whole school culture, which means 
that every single party needs to be involved and needs to share the same vision. When I say every party, I mean students, parents, teachers, any support staff as well, anybody who helps students progress. All of these people need to share the same vision. And that vision needs to be that homework has a purpose. It's not an add-on. It's not something that has no value. That homework needs to be a continuation of that learning process. It's not a separate entity. So what they are doing in the lesson is linked to the homework that they are doing. It's not something separate completely with no links at all. Um, So yeah, I think having a clear purpose for that homework is the first thing that everybody needs needs to be involved in and needs to decide. And then you need to think about how all teachers can be a bit consistent in delivering that purpose. Now, when I say consistent, in our school, we don't all set the same type of homework. I know there are some schools that set um, knowledge organizers and every department will set that. And that's fine. If it works for your school, great. For our school, that doesn't work. We recognize that different departments, different subjects have different areas and aspects that they want to practice and they want to emphasize and they want students to learn how to apply. So what we do instead is we have these guiding principles that we decided as a staff. So I got together with a few staff members, anyone who could attend really, I opened it up to everybody. And we just decided what are the key things that we need in our homework? What is it that we're trying to achieve with the homework? So we thought of things like we wanted to incorporate retrieval. We wanted to incorporate, well, we wanted to be routinely set. Um, and I'll talk about routine a bit more in a bit. Um, we want it to get students to purposefully practice their learning, not just random practice. There is a thought behind that practice. We want to give feedback on that homework. Now, I'm not saying again that we need to be marking every piece, but every piece of homework needs to be valued. Otherwise, there's no point and the whole system will fall down. And definitely homework cannot be a motivator for learning if students suddenly realize that, my teacher isn't even looking at it. So what's the point? Um, and I think the other side of it as well is you want for, for homework to actually achieve that goal of being a motivator for learning, to motivate our students. We need students to do that homework with the goal of actually wanting to progress their learning and not to avoid a comment. Now, at the moment in our school, I think we're kind of in between those two. We've got, so last year when I started working on homework, and we've been thinking about and talking about homework for a while as a school. It's not just suddenly that we've started talking about it, but we've gone for more of a consistent approach now. We've gone for something where we have these guiding principles and we discuss it a lot more as a staff body and we discuss it with the students a lot more as well. So um, Last year, I would say that our students were more trying to do their homework because they didn't want to get a detention. They didn't want to comment. They're just doing it. So I'm not in trouble. But this year, I think we're starting to shift more towards the other, you know, the other end of that spectrum, which is where the ultimate goal really, where students do it because they know it will help them, because they know it's going to benefit them. And that's that's where I want us to be headed towards. And obviously, we're not there. I don't think anyone can achieve that in a year or like that. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort from everybody. um, And we're all working very hard, which is great. But we're heading towards that. So when you have that whole school culture, I think that's when you can actually achieve 
homework becoming a motivator for learning and students feeling like they can succeed. And I think it's called a virtuous loop or a virtuous cycle, isn't it? It's the opposite of a vicious cycle. So they start to taste success. They start to feel like they can achieve, achieve it and then they do more to achieve it. And so they, you know, it's, it's great. And that's what I want for everybody. We're getting there very slowly, but we're getting there. So thank you for that for that really honest reflections on where you are as a school and, and going that and you made some really good points about it being a whole uh being a whole school culture and then that note you made on on kind of the key things you want out of homework being retrieval and, and purposeful practice and and you made a really good point about feedback as well um i want to kind of kind of zone in on this idea of the students doing homework because I wanted to talk, that was one of my next questions and you mentioned some really interesting points around doing homework because often I give homework and feel the students just do it in a rush just to avoid me getting on at them and, and giving them the attention or so on. So how, how do you get students to do homework and how do you get them to do it so that it does progress their learning? Yeah, that's, it's one of those things that will take a while to attain, I think. I don't think I've achieved it with every single student. I think I have with quite a few of them. And there are a few students who I'm still working on. So it needs significant effort from me, especially at the start, because what I'm trying to do with homework is I'm trying to build a routine. Now, routine building is something I've read lots on. Peps McRae's book is excellent for that motivated teaching. But there are lots of other books and blogs that I've read. And I've thought a lot about routine building. Because I, I spend a lot of time thinking about the routines in my classroom. But homework is a routine as well. But it's a significant routine. And it's one that I don't actually have much control over. Because ultimately, it's happening in the student's independent time. I'm not there. I can't force them to do it at the end. So all I can do is try and build that routine. And because it takes so long anyway, because it's such a significant and different routine, it's something that I'm not there for. Um, it'll take a long time, I think. I don't think it'll happen quickly where students are going to value that homework and do it for the reasons, for the right reasons, sorry. So at the start, I think it's more important to get them into a habit of doing that homework. That's the key thing for me. So at the start of an academic year, I, I try and get them just into a routine of just doing that homework. And so at the start, it might be that sometimes some students are doing it in a rush. Now, to try and stop them from doing that and to try and make them feel that actually that's not effective at all. And the reason you're doing homework is so you can progress your learning is so I use carousel learning. I always talk about carousel learning. I should really get a discount. Hint, hint. Um, but <laughs> but what I do is I use it in the classroom as well as for homework. So with the homework, I can set these questions from a question bank and I try and give students every chance to succeed because they have the flashcards that come up with carousel learning and they can revise them and then they can attempt the quiz. And they get two chances and that's all great. But then in the classroom, I can use very similar questions as my um, do now at the start of the lesson or even any point of the lesson so I use the whiteboard feature and um and that means I can point at students and say you've done this for homework so you should know this and if they've rushed through their homework well they're not going to know it and then they get caught out um and obviously to be able to do that you need the right culture in your classroom as well you can't just dive in and start doing that with any student. And I certainly don't name and shame before anyone says I do. Uh, with a whiteboard feature, there are no names. So I just 
I say that. And then I have individual chats or I have a phone call and make a phone call home. Uh, so that that does happen in the background. But by having similar questions at the start of my lesson, I can then praise those students who know it because, well, well done. You know this because you put that effort in. You did that work. You did exactly what I asked you to do. And you because of that, you're successful today. You're achieving today because of that. And I have students now in bottom sets, in sets that, you know, technically struggle with homework and in, historically have struggled with homework. And I've got kids raising their hand, more, being more confident in the lesson and feeling like they can contribute, feeling like they can belong. Homework does all of those things. And it's crazy that I'm sitting here talking about these things because I used to absolutely hate it. I hated it as a kid and I hated it as an early career teacher as well because I didn't actually think about what the benefits were. But like thinking about it more and more every time I read about it or every time I'm setting it and over the years, I'm, I'm realizing that actually homework is building lots of great habits it's building confidence. I mean, that's that's what we want. We want those kids to be confident. We want them to feel they belong in your lesson and they can contribute. And that is exactly what homework does for lots of students who otherwise would sit there feeling defeated, feeling like they don't belong there and they might as well be sent out because there's not, what's the point? Um, but I, obviously, homework will also help with academic success. And that's great. That is definitely one of the goals too. And that should be one of the goals. But equally, the other things are important as well. And so to get students to do their homework, I talk about it quite regularly. And I, I think with me as well, with my role as a whole school homework lead, I get that extra benefit. I can talk to a wide variety of students, not just the ones in my classroom. So I can you know, look at all the data and I can go and talk to students and, um, I can do assemblies and, you know, I can do all these extra things to talk about the value of homework as well. Um, and then this year as well, what we want to do is we want to focus more on celebrating the students who really put in that effort and the quality of their homework is excellent. Because I think what we did at the start, which was important as well, was to get into the routine. We were focused on the students who weren't reaching that routine and, you know, trying to help them reach that routine. Whereas now, We've given everyone time. They know about these things. They know about what we do with homework as a school. Now I want to celebrate those students who actually do well and who try their best. You know, they might not give you the best homework ever, but they've tried everything you've suggested to them. And that shows them the value in the teacher's instructions, but also not just teacher's instructions to help them in the classroom, but teacher's instructions to help them become independent learners. And that is where we want to be headed as well. So, yeah, to help students be effective with their homework, there's so many things that we need to do. It's a lot of hard work. Um, but like I say, because it is a significant routine, it does take time and it needs that effort from everybody. Definitely. I love all that note you made. <coughs> Excuse me. I love all that note you made about habit building and making it a routine. Um, 
and doing it. It's going to, I'm going to come on to that in a moment, but I, I also love what you said there about celebrating the, the students that are doing homework and, and putting in the effort as well, because we do spend a lot of time chasing up the students that don't do it or don't do it as well. But that's a wonderful note there to make sure we do celebrate the students that, that put the time and effort in. And also, I, lo- I love that little nod to, to Carousel, Carousel Learning. I spoke with Adam Boxer a while back about that. And, um, I really, I really enjoyed speaking to him. So maybe that little nod <laughs> you gave, he might, might, he might pick that up. You never, never know. He might be a, a, a listener now. Um, but brings me on to this, this next question. Um, you were asked by Bradley Bush some good questions. So I'm going to steal Bradley's questions. He's been on this podcast quite a number of times, so I'm sure he don't, he won't mind. He asked you, um, is it consistency of, of giving homework rather than the amount of homework you give that matters the most? Yeah, um, Bradley came up with some great questions, didn't he? Um, he really made me think, and that is that is exactly what I needed, to be honest, um, because a lot of the time when I'm discussing homework, I'm talking to people in my school or I'm reading things. So it was very nice to get these questions that were very different, not things that I'd actually thought deeply about. So consistency or whether it's the amount of homework is a great question because I used to think that the more homework you do, the better, obviously. I mean, you're doing more practice, so it must be good for you. In fact, that's what that was the type of homework I used to get when I was I was a kid and which is probably why I hated it. But anyway, um, so, you know, you, you get so much homework because you think, well, even if you don't finish all, at least you're doing something, you're doing, you know, quite a significant amount of learning in your own time. But I think the problem we have is students who struggle to be motivated anyway, if they are um, given a very large piece of homework, well, why would they get on with it? If If they're not motivated anyway, why would they try and do any part of it they might as well get that detention and not try because even if they try and do it they might not complete it and they'll get that detention anyway so this there are there are lots of considerations that we need to make um when we're thinking about homework and amount of homework but i think also even if you set a really really short piece of homework but you're not consistent in how often you're giving it so again that's something i used to do once in a while, I think, oh, yeah, you know, that would be a great homework task. I will set that as homework. Here's your homework, kids. And then two next two weeks, nothing, because I can't think of anything they can do here. So why should I? Um, and then again, in the third week, we can do a piece of homework here. We've done graph drawing. Let's practice graph drawing for homework. So, you know, I used to do that where not really thinking about what homework is important and effective. Uh, I was just linking it so directly to the lesson that I wasn't thinking of retrieval at all there or habit formation. So if you're setting homework that is really short but inconsistent, there are a few problems with it. First of all, if students don't know whether homework is going to be set, they can't plan their time effectively. And I think it's very important if you're trying to build habits and trying to build, um, make them independent learners, that they can plan their time properly. If we think about ourselves as staff, as teachers, if somebody came to us and said to us once in a while that we have this task to do, and then a few weeks later, here's another task to do. And, you know, you can't predict when you're going to get these tasks. 
that causes a lot of extra stress. Definitely to me, I would hate that. I would love to know in advance that I'm getting that task at that point. And I think it's the same with anyone, really. If you can plan your time and organize your time, it takes away some of that anxiety. And so that's why one of the main reasons, I think, consistency of giving homework is more important than the amount. Now, I've already said that too much homework can be daunting and it can cause students just not to even try. But if you give too little, it might not have any impact anyway. So if you're giving um, like, I don't know, five minute piece of homework because you think you're setting it and great, you've done, then that's not going to do much at all. Students need to know how much homework they're getting, and it needs to be consistent with that amount as well, I think. So I tend to set 15-minute pieces of homework. With some classes, if I feel like, you know, the habit is there, then I can bump that up. But I definitely also increase the challenge of the questions. I think that when it comes to homework, it's the questions themselves or the task that that's itself that needs to be the focus. Not when am I going to get the homework, not Oh, how long am I going to have to spend on that homework? Those things need to become a habit. And so there, there is a bit of research that tells us as well that if students can plan and know when to expect homework, it makes it a little bit easier for them to do it. They feel like they can actually do it and they tend to do it as well. And I can see that happen in my classroom. I've got my own experience as evidence as well. So consistency, I believe, is more important, definitely, than the amount of homework that we're setting. And we do need to think about being consistent with the amount, too, not setting inconsistent amounts, not just about how regularly we set it, but also the amount of homework that we're setting each time. Because if you set an hour's worth of piece once and then next time it's 15 minutes, I don't think it's easy for anybody to plan such things. And it's not fair on our students either. No, I'd, I'd certainly agree with that. It's interesting because even just today I had a conversation with one student who told me a lovely story about how um, I issue homework on a Monday, but they do it on a Thursday evening because the, their father works late in the office and they get to sit in the corner of the office with their father to do the homework. And that routine was embedded for them. And it, I, I found that so fascinating. It, kind of, it just kind of came back to me as you were talking there. And, and I think that's so important for helping students plan and, and, and get into good habits around studying independent learning. And I also, um, really like what you said there about kind of the, the, it's not the amount, it's the, t- the type or the time of homework. And you mentioned that you give 15 minutes homeworks, but having that consistency as well must be so powerful. And you, and you also gave a note there that you increased the, the challenge of the questions over time. And it's something that I've thought about this year about the, my early homework might have been a little bit too easy. So I'm starting to give out homework that's just a little bit more challenging and having them make them think a little bit harder, but still try and keep it to something that's short because I don't, I don't really want my students doing long, long pieces of homework. I don't, I, I don't want to kind of send them home with homework. It's going to take them two, three hours when, 15, 20 minutes will be good enough for them to retrieve and practice tasks. Which I'm going to go back to, to a question I was going to ask previously, and I'd like to explore that now. Um, what, what then makes effective homework? You spoke earlier on about the, the key things that you agreed on as in your school of, of the purpose of homework of being about retrieval, routinely set, about purposeful practice. Can you speak to that a little bit more, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so effective homework... To define that, I think you need to define what the purpose of homework in your setting is first. 
So for us, we thought of homework being there for students to get a routine, a habit, and to practice retrieval, to practice application as well. These were the things for us we want homework to achieve. So you can't work out if homework is effective until unless you know why you're setting it in the first place. So that is definitely the first thing you should do. Um, for us, again, what is effective homework? Effective homework is when students actually think hard. So it's very similar to when we're thinking of um, participation and thinking ratio in the classroom. You're trying to get students to do that type of thinking and that type of participating on their own. That's tough. Like we've said already, it's not something you can get immediately. With some students, you possibly could, and I, I have. But with some others, you do need to work a bit harder and you do need to work with them as well and maybe even involve parents with them. To get homework to be effective, it's not just about the task. It's about how students do it. And so it's two things. Now, when it comes to the task itself, it depends on the subject. It depends on what you want students to do in your subject as well. Now, for science, I can speak for science because obviously I'm a science teacher. Now, for me in science, I want them to practice whatever they're doing currently, but I still want them to retrieve lots of past information, past knowledge, because there's the content is so much that I want them to keep practicing doing this um, over time and they get used to it. And I can change that retrieval over time as well. So what I do is I get them just to do that type of task every single week. And I set it every week as well. And it does take a while. It does take time for me to think about these things and to set this homework. But when it comes to the task, that is important. If I don't think about those questions then, then the whole point of setting that homework is there's no point. It's valueless. So if I want students to appreciate the homework I'm setting, I need them to see that it does progress their learning. So um, things like making them make recognize the format and recognize the questions themselves as well. Now I mentioned already how I can make them recognize the questions by having similar questions in this in the starter, in the do now. But recognizing the format, same thing again, because the do now has a similar format, or getting them to practice it in the classroom too. So they can see that and that's that's effective because of the format. So the task itself, when I think about the questions, this is something that I've I need to work on for myself, I think. I think I fall into the trap of asking very similar questions over and over. So it's important, I think, for me to keep a record of how students are doing with certain areas, certain topics, and then vary that over time. So that would make the questions themselves effective for me to see an overall view of where their strengths and where their weaknesses lie. And that's something I do need to work on, I think. But then, like I say, effective homework is also on the other side. It's also on the student, because if the student is not participating and not thinking about that homework, it doesn't matter how good your questions are. It's not doing what it's meant to. So how do we get our students to participate and think as much as they hopefully do in the lesson? The only thing you can do is get them to practice it and to value it in the lesson, because that's where you have that control. You can't control it at home. That's impossible for anybody. So you make sure that those students see the value of those things in the lesson. So during the lesson, making sure that they have independent practice, making sure they know that when they answer questions independently, this is how they should be doing it. 
this is the effective way of doing it. And then praising students who use those techniques, praising those strategies and talking about how students can achieve them. So how do you make sure that you can focus on this question at this point? Well, you make sure you have a quiet environment around you, first of all. You make sure that you're not looking around and that you are literally thinking about what's in front of you. Now, in the classroom, we can test this, can't we? We can use cold call or you can use mini whiteboards and you can check that they're actually listening to you. You can check they're thinking hard, that they are participating. But you can't do those things with homework. So all you can do is get them to practice the techniques and the strategies, praise it, talk about them quite often, and then remind them when, you, when you're you know, talking about the homework again, link those two things together, connect them somehow. And um, if students are still struggling, talking to parents, getting parents involved as well about what strategies should work, how you can get the right environment for that homework to be effective. But yeah, so if you want homework to be effective, there's so many, again, so many things to consider because like I keep saying, homework being that significant routine if you don't have all of these things in place it won't work and like I said at the start as well students are an equal part like they have an equal role to play in this if they're not involved it's not about you it's not about all like how much work you put in they need to do some work and they need to put in that effort too so it's getting them to try their best and getting them to see the value of trying their best and it does take a long time but like I say practice Modeling, praising, these are the main things that I do. Have you ever listened to Teachers Talk Radio? If you're interested in education and want to hear from a wide range of teachers from around the world, then I highly recommend giving it a listen. You can listen live via the TTR website at ttradio.org or listen back on all good podcast platforms. I particularly like the Listen Back page on the website where you can type any name and it will locate the show you want featuring the guest or host. Amazing stuff. No, I think that there's so much I'm, I'm taking away from, from what you're just saying, Joe, especially that uh, what you said about kind of what you do in the lesson. Um, I, I've never actually thought about it like that. Um, you know, providing that calm, quiet environment in class when students do independent practice and then make and training them and making the questions familiar to them. And obviously the links you've already made to, to do nows and, and, and other parts of your lesson. I find that so fascinating. I'm going to have to go away and think deeply about how um, I can implement that. Is that kind of thing, strategies you can use to, to further train and, and help pupils be effective? Is, is the things you do in your lesson making them look like how homework's going to be done at home? It's just without you. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think if they get used to doing it in the lesson, then it takes away a bit of that cognitive load as well on them. Like when they're at home, when they're on their own, it's so hard sometimes if you don't really enjoy the subject, if you find it tricky and you're going to sit down and now the teacher expects you to sit there quietly and do the work. If the method of doing the work, as in sitting quietly, focusing on the work, writing from memory, if those things are practiced and become almost automated, if they are automated in your lesson, it makes it that much easier for the student to do it on their own. So even though I'm not there to coax them or try and give them any cues or anything like that, at least by doing that practice somewhere where I can help them, it just makes it that much easier. 
And yeah, lots and lots and lots of practice. And it takes a lot of time for some students, but persistence is key. Consistency and persistence. Definitely. Thank you. I, I, lo- I love that. I love what you meant, that little note you made at the start, that kind of response about um, by doing it in the lesson, it lessens the cognitive load for the students because going home and, and working independently can overwhelm them, especially when they can't just raise their hand and ask for a bit of support. So that notes and practice in class are, are, are really powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I'd like to ask you another one of, of Bradley's questions because I, I really like this one and I love what you wrote in your blog. Um, he asked him, how do we ensure that, that homework doesn't further disadvantage disadvantaged students? Yeah, tricky, tricky question to say, isn't it? You have to say it very slowly. Um, yeah, so disadvantaged students is one of those phrases. I think recently we've had blogs on it that where people don't like that phrase, you know, having been given that label in the past. Other people who think that that phrase is appropriate. It's it's one of those phrases where you do need to think about what do you mean by disadvantaged students in terms of homework. For me. I know loads of disadvantaged students who have very supportive parents, really supportive parents who talk about learning and talk about schoolwork, talk about homework very often with their children and give them that space and support. And I also equally know of students who we probably describe as advantaged who don't have that, who who don't have any motivation to do it or they don't have someone talking about work with them, their their schoolwork or their homework with them. So for me, I I like to look at it as the students who struggle with homework. Those are the ones that I want to work with. And what about those students? The reason I need to work with them is because there is going to be a gap. Now, I was thinking about this a bit more since since I wrote that blog as well. Um, And I was just thinking that if we didn't set any homework at all, some people would say that that is a good thing because some people can't access the homework. Therefore, you are helping them by not setting any homework. OK, I get that. So no homework at all. But do we really think that the students who um, have the support, whether they're advantaged or disadvantaged, whether they have this, if they have that support and they have the motivation, if they already have those things, do we really think that those students aren't going to do extra work? Do we really think some of those students aren't going to get tutors, aren't going to go and do whatever they need to, to progress their own learning because they know it's going to help them? Okay, so now you've not said any homework. Those students are going ahead and doing extra work. You've still got a gap. You've got, in fact, a wider gap now because you've not set any homework. So for me, homework is the key in bridging that gap, but only if it's done right. If there is thought that has gone into the homework, if there is thought into why you're setting it and how you're going to acknowledge that homework too, you know, that that students know that you value what they're doing and their effort. If all of those things are in place, then homework can actually definitely won't widen any gap and it won't disadvantage disadvantage students further. I can't believe I said the phrase. I said it. I'm glad. Okay. So it's it's won't do those things. Homework, in fact, will help them. It'll help them build habits that other students might get if they have a tutor sitting in front of them. 
It'll help them feel more motivated, like I said earlier, with the virtuous cycle. They'll feel successful. They'll feel like they can do this. They feel like they belong and they get this stuff and they can do more. And that's what we want for the students. And if we want that, we need to set homework and we need to think about the homework we're setting. So to try and Share. achieve... Sorry, sorry, you can, you say something. No, go ahead. Please finish. That's okay. such a wonderful response. That oh, I've got... thank you. <laughs> um, so to make sure that you, you, you allow homework to be that effective as well, it's the same stuff again. You have to make sure it's a routine. You have to make sure that you've thought about the questions you're setting or the tasks you're setting. You have to make sure that it is linked to the learning and students can see that. You might sometimes, this is another issue that I've had in my own homework. Sometimes I can see that the homework is linked to the learning, but it's not obvious to the student. So you need to make these things explicit to them too. You need to show them, if you do this piece of homework, this is how it's going to help you. This is the bit that it's going to help you with. You know, try and make that really, really explicit to them. In my lessons, I talk about homework every lesson. I mean, maybe maybe they're quite tired of it now. I don't know. Maybe they just do it because they don't want me to talk about it. Who knows? But hopefully it's because the reason I'm talking about it is because it is an extension of that learning. For me, the homework I'm setting is just them carrying on with their learning, but outside of school in their own time. And that's it. And then they come back and they carry on with their learning in school and then they go away and practice that again. So it's this cycle, which is important. And it's important for them to progress their learning. I've used that phrase so many times. I'm sorry. Um, but that, that, is, that is the phrase I believe in. Um, so when you want students to be able to achieve all of the success, that you will inevitably have some students who can't. There are always going to be some students who just can't access the homework for various reasons. It might be that they have caring responsibilities. They have younger siblings that they look after or they just don't have time because they're involved in so many different extracurricular activities. Um, I mean, I, I'm noticing this problem as a parent now because my son is very much into football. I mean, that's all we ever talk about these days. But anyway. So he, he trains, what, four times a week, four times a week. He's six. Anyway, um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort from everybody. But homework, I've already spoken about how important it is and how it can impact learning and impact confidence and impact habit building. So we do know that we need to set that homework, which means we need to help those students who can't access it to access that homework. So some of the things that we do as a school, we think about how the amount of homework we're setting is achievable and attainable for our students. We think about um, when we are setting it as well. So we definitely try not to set homework where the deadline is two days later, because I think that's unfair. Um, something where at least a week has been given to them, maybe sometimes a bit longer. Uh, so we think about that as well. We think about what extra resources and support students can access so that they don't feel lost when, it come, when they come across something and they think, I don't know how to do this. They know where to look. And that's something we model and practice in the lessons as well. And then, again, after all of those things, you'll still have some students who struggle. So then we talk to parents. We definitely bring them in uh, into the conversation. We talk to the students. 
we liaise with the heads of years and we we talk as a school with these with them with the family and we try and come up with what are the barriers and what solutions do we have for those barriers so one of the things that we do is we run lunchtime and after school homework clubs now lunchtime is not ideal i know this I know this 100%. I really value my lunchtime. It's a break for me, a break for me from thinking and a break for me from everything. And I just want to eat because I'm hungry. But kids need that too. Definitely, they need that too. So it's not ideal to have lunchtime homework clubs and students coming very often to those things. But because homework is a habit and it's a routine that we're trying to build, they could come initially when that ha- while that habit is being built we can support them with that because we're in school to help them with that and then when that habit has been built they can then shift it towards a bit more independence doing it at home so that's the lunchtime one the after school one um this year we've opened it to all parents last year i was selecting students who were struggling and inviting them in but this year we've opened it and quite a few parents have contacted us and said can my child attend they would really appreciate that and that's great it's been really good we just started this half term uh, for this year and it's been a really nice environment where it's quiet we do it in the library i love the library such such well it's quiet anyway but it smells nice you know the books smell so good so it's a nice environment for the kids and they can sit there and we are there to support them to egg them on and it means that they have somewhere where they can work Um yeah so we try whatever we can in this way those are our answers at the moment maybe we'll come up with more answers if students can't access um homework and they still and they can't attend these kinds of clubs what do we do then so we haven't got solutions for everything yet but we are thinking about it constantly and we're talking to parents constantly and that is what we need to be doing No definitely that deep thinking you've mentioned that quite a few times about thinking deeply about the type of homework the amount of homework you set but also thinking about this the, how, what you can do to support all all students and, and and I loved a lot of what you said there about making sure that the the amount is achievable and attainable and and kind of um I can remember being at school and and you get not finishing and finishing enough work in in class and the teacher saying I want that in for tomorrow and you're like that's not really enough time I've got I played I played a lot of football so ah. I can I can definitely empathize with your with 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 your son. My my mother had two sons who played football about four or five times a week so it must have drove her wild. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that kind of what you said about the the lunchtime and after school support and a question I wanted to ask about kind of um across the school and and you mentioned there about the the amount of homework. How how are you managing it so that um students aren't getting homework from all the same subjects at all the same time with all the same end date how are, are you doing something to coordinate that uh not entirely coordinate that but we do have homework timetables in their planners where teachers can decide when they're going to set it so what we've done is we try and give autonomy to the teachers and departments by by not saying that maths has to set it on this day every week that's not fair i think on the teachers on the individual teachers as well plus if you don't have the class on that day it becomes really difficult how do you manage that so um what we do instead is we have the homework timetables printed in the planners and teachers decide which day they plan to set it and which day they plan to collect it some teachers do it weekly so that day is the same some teachers do it fortnightly so it's different days um 
And then what we do is the subjects that see their classes most often, like English and maths and science, we ask them to wait a little bit so they can they have a bit more freedom on which day they could choose. So we wait until the other subjects have kind of chosen the day and then they choose the day. And so it's a little bit more spread out. And if there are any issues in the first few weeks, we find out about them because students tell us and we we talk to students quite often as well as tutors, as heads of years, as homework lead, as teachers. So we talk to students. And if we find that students are getting far too much homework on Wednesday, then we can change that initially because it's right at the start of the year. Um, And so at the moment, we think that homework is being spread out quite well. Uh, We don't want to coordinate it, like I say, because I don't think it's fair on teachers. Definitely. We think teachers are the experts of their subjects and teachers know how often and what homework they need to be setting. So we do not coordinate that any more than in having a timetable in place. Oh, brilliant. I love that last bit. Teachers are the experts in their subject and they know. Um, so what I'm, I'm taking away from this conversation, Joan, and, and I've got I've got one more question to ask you. But before I do, I'd like to kind of summarise and get your get your thoughts and, and kind of what I'm thinking just now in terms of what you've said a lot. And I'm trying to piece together the, the key takeaways for myself um, about homework. And I loved your response to my question about consistency. So making it routine and making it consistent is something I really need to think about. The second point um, that's really sticking out to me is that I need to think deeply about my tasks, the type of tasks I set, the type of questions I set, you know, whether they're going to be retrieval questions or they're going to be longer, kind of longer form questions. And the final point that I'm taking away from this is, is that our homework should be linked to learning. One of, one of the things that you've said tonight that really stick with me is is that example you said about kind of making your independent practice look and feel like what their homework will feel like. And, and I think that's really important. And, and finally, to wrap it all up, um, I, I, what you've said a lot about making it explicit each step of the homework to really support the students. And then finally, putting as much support in place for the students so that they can do the homework and be successful. So if we link back to the, the very first question that I asked you, the, we want to create that virtuous cycle where they are successful. Was, is there anything you would add to that or just, uh, have I managed to capture that? I think you've summarized it very nicely. Um, you've uh, I didn't need to talk for all that time. I could have just said these things. Uh, that's great. But I would just say there's one more thing I would just say, uh, which I didn't talk as much about because we haven't done it as much. And we're trying to do that. I did say it once is to try and celebrate success as well. I think that will build motivation in our students and it will um, add to the virtuous cycle by having students feel that their effort is valued, not just the homework itself, but it's valued by everybody. So we want to try and celebrate success, not just by the teachers, but by the school. Not quite sure how we're going to do that exactly. So I need to think about that still. If anyone has any ideas, please share. Uh, But yeah, so right now I want us to also celebrate success. Definitely. Thank you for adding that. I forgot that one, but that's definitely something that we need to do do more of. And we've got one more question before we dive into my quick fire round. And 
probably coming from a teacher, it's quite an interesting one as well to a teacher because we're notorious for for um, being a profession that we do a lot of work in the evenings. And here we are on a on a podcast on a on, a, on an evening. Um, we don't really expect adults to do a lot of extra work after their working day in so many professions. So, so why do we expect children to do it as part of their schooling? The first time I heard this question, um, I heard it from a colleague. We were talking about stuff. And I have to admit, when I heard it, I was a bit annoyed. I was, what do you mean? Why are you comparing adults and children? They're completely different. But I get where they're coming from. I do get it because they are also a parent. And I get that their kids do so much outside of school. And I've spoken to other parents as well where their children do lots of other extracurricular activities and they are important too. I will never ever sit here and say that homework is most important and you can't do anything else. Extracurricular activities are also important. They are important in building other aspects of personality really. But we know how impactful homework is and we have already said and I truly believe that if we don't set it then we are making a bigger gap between different groups of kids, different groups of students. So how do we expect this to happen? Well, I think one of the key things is we look at the work that children do and we look at the work that adults do. And they are two different things. When adults do any work, it's professional work. It's work that they're probably experts in. They don't actually need extra practice in. Now, okay, as a teacher, if I was teaching something I've never really taught before, then I'm not an expert in that. I get that. But also teachers, I think, are a little bit different. And I know we're not the only profession that works outside of our working hours. But what work we do is different, is fundamentally different to the work that children do. The work that we are expecting our children to do is to learn, is to be educated, is to build habits, is to build confidence, is to build personalities. There's so many things that we're getting them to build. So for that work to be as effective as we want it to be, they need to practice that. And that is where the homework comes in. For us, we do extra work outside of working hours, not to practice our work, but it is finish more work <laughs> just to just to actually do our get our to-do list ticked off which will never be ticked off ever but that's what we do isn't it that's what professionals do when we do extra work it's not about practice it's about just completing our jobs <laughs> and doing what we what we're passionate about as well that is the only reason I'm sitting here right now because I'm passionate about these things otherwise why would I be I mean honestly uh, but that That is the only reason that professionals would do extra work outside of working hours. But students don't have that luxury. They need to be practicing things so they don't forget, so they feel confident and they feel successful. And because that work is so different, we need to help them with that. And I think that's a big difference there. Um, yeah, so we want them to be independent learners because when they when they get to their exams, let's go short term. They're going to their exams. We expect them to revise independently suddenly. Well, they've not practiced it if you've never set them homework. So how are they going to do that then? That's not, it doesn't happen automatically. So that practice needs to be there and built in from the start. But then if you take that further beyond school, you want students to be resilient. And if you want them to be professionals that are passionate about their work, then you want them to feel motivated to work, 
don't you? You want them to feel motivated to improve. And homework helps to build those habits. I know we do all of these things in lessons and people might say that's enough. But like I keep saying, in lessons, they've got you as the comfort blanket. You're there. Of course, they're going to do it. But if they do it when you're not there, now that is where you have had an impact. So that's my answer. <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. No, brilliant. What, what, what a wonderful response. There's so many notes. I love that distinction between the professional work that we do and the learning and practice that the students need to do. And, and I love that notes that you made there at the end on kind of building the resilience to work independently because they don't not only need that for their exams you want them to be motivated to work to steal your phrase as well so thank you so much for that and thank you so much for sharing your insights and in, in what you've learned and what you've been doing with regards to homework so that brings us to the end of the interview stage um i've just got my my usual quick fire questions my three questions that I ask every guest. But before we dive into them, could you please direct listeners to where they can contact you, perhaps via social media or a social media account, and also direct them to your blog where they can read a little bit more about these topics? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Twitter, as I said already, as at Dr. So DR underscore Castellino. Castellino has one L. Um, it's just, I, I threaten the kids if they get, if they put two L's, then I don't give them marks because that's not right. Anyway, so that's where I'm on Twitter and I have a blog, as I say, as well. And that is drcastellino.wordpress.com. Um, and I write, I wouldn't say regularly, I write as I think of things. So hopefully you'll find something of use there. Uh, yeah, I think those are the two main places you can find me and contact me. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I'm now going to my quick fire round. Um, if you're ready, we'll just crack on with them. Yes, I am ready. Lovely. Thank you. So my first question to you, Joe, is what are you reading currently? Okay. So I'm not the best reader anymore. I used to be a great reader when I was a kid, but well, since having my own, okay, I blame my kids, but I shouldn't because it's not their fault. It's me. Um, I, I buy books, I buy lots of books, and I'm planning to start to read, I have the book right here, actually, uh, The Emperor of All Maladies, which is all about cancer. And uh, I, I'm very curious to read this book. Um, but before that, I tend to go and read my comfort reading. I'm a big Agatha Christie fan, massive Agatha Christie fan. So before that, I read Agatha Christie, Why Didn't They Ask Evans, which is an amazing book. <laughs> Right, thank you so much for sharing that insight. My second question to you is, what is your current professional development focus? That's a good question. So for me, I have two that I think of. One as a classroom teacher and one more as a leader because I'm getting I'm getting into that role as well. So as a classroom teacher, I want to try and keep thinking and building ratio in the classroom. So I've done lots of thinking on this already and tried lots of things but I don't think it's a hundred percent there and if I want all my students thinking really hard in my lessons because I still feel in some lessons I'm the one who's working harder hard the more like harder than the students are so I want them to do that thinking and that's the shift that I'm trying to develop and that's part of my professional development focus the other side of it being second in science quite recently I want to learn and um, do a bit more on data 
and see what what do you do with all the data that kids manage to generate you know so what 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 can you do with that and how can you um use that to help students progress as well so that's my other side of it no Brent, thank you so much for sharing both um leadership your leadership role and your classroom role that idea of building ratio is something that we all uh, grapple with and and it's a great way to think about the task that we set in classrooms so thank you for sharing that my final question this evening to you is what do you love most about being a teacher teaching I know that sounds quite sad but I said this earlier but I didn't say and I didn't reveal but I'll reveal now when I was a kid I used to play games where I was a teacher and that is quite sad and pathetic and people will probably bully me for this now but it's the truth I used to um keep my sister awake at night and I used to teach her and I used to give her homework <clears throat> and um, I wonder why she doesn't like science. I don't know how that's happened. But uh, that's, that's I've always wanted to teach. The teaching, the explaining, the being able to pass on knowledge. I, I Okay, I know that sounds so cheesy, but just explaining things. I love explaining things. And you might think, okay, I could explain things anywhere. Why am I teaching in a school then? Why why there? Because I feel like I can make a bit of a difference in understanding. I'm not talking about lives here, social lives and all of that. That's great, obviously. But I mean that I can actually get students to understand science like I used to get it. And I knew that I had people around me who didn't get it. And I want more people to get it and appreciate it. And that's that's what I like. And that's what I want to do. Brilliant. I love that anecdote. Um, trust me, you're not the only one um, that used to pretend they were a teacher um, when they were younger. I think I did a little bit. I, like I, Before I was a teacher, I was a football coach. So I've always been... A t- a, it's a form of teaching I've always been something like that and and here I am now as a teacher so I, I absolutely loved that and I loved hearing your your love and enthusiasm for teaching so that brings us to the end of, of our of our interview tonight um last thing to do Joe is I'd just like to thank you so so much for the work that you do and for talking about it with such um knowledge and and enthusiasm with me this evening so thank you so much Thank you so much. I've actually really enjoyed talking about um, homework and teaching. It's been really good, especially after a busy day at work and, you know, it's an evening. But it's made me feel a bit more motivated as well. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Becoming Educated. Before you go, can I ask for a few things that will only take a minute? I'd love it if you could review the podcast wherever you are listening from to get each episode into more ears. If you want to support the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash DN Leslie. And finally, to keep the conversation going, please use the hashtag becomingeducated. Tag me on Twitter at DN Leslie. I'll be back soon with more insights and knowledge from the greatest profession on earth.